chapter three of the surgeon's daughter by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah chapter the third dick was come to high renown since he commenced physician tom was held by all the town the better politician tom and dick at the same period when dr gray took under his charge his youthful lodger richard middlemas he received proposals from the friends of one adam hartley to receive him also as an apprentice the lad was the son of a respectable farmer on the english side of the border who educating his eldest son to his own occupation desired to make his second son a medical man in order to avail himself of the friendship of a great man his landlord who had offered to assist his views in life and represented a doctor or surgeon as the sort of person to whose advantage his interest could be most readily applied middlemas and hartley were therefore associated in their studies in winter they were boarded in edinburgh for attending the medical classes which were necessary for taking their degree three or four years thus passed on and from being mere boys the two medical aspirants shot up into young men who being both very good-looking well-dressed well-bred and having money in their pockets became personages of some importance in the little town of middlemas where there was scarce anything that could be termed an aristocracy and in which bows were scarce and bells were plenty each of the two had his especial partisans for though the young men themselves lived in tolerable harmony together yet as usual in such cases no one could approve of one of them without at the same time comparing him with and asserting his superiority over his companion both were gay fond of dancing and sedulous attendance on the practisings as he called them of mr mcfiddock a dancing-master who itinerant during the summer became stationary in the winter season and afforded the youth of middlemas the benefit of his instructions at the rate of twenty lessons for five shillings sterling on these occasions each of dr gray's pupils had his appropriate praise hartley danced with most spirit middlemas with a better grace mr mcfiddock would have turned out richard against the countryside in the minuet and wagered the thing dearest to him in the world and that was his kit upon his assured superiority but he admitted hartley was superior to him in hornpipes jigs strathsby's and reels in dress hartley was most expensive perhaps because his father afforded him better means of being so but his clothes were neither so tasteful when new nor so well preserved when they began to grow old as those of richard middlemas adam hartley was sometimes fine 
at other times rather slovenly and on the former occasions looked rather too conscious of his splendour his chum was at all times regularly neat and well dressed while at the same time he had an air of good breeding which made him appear always at ease so that his dress whatever it was seemed to be just what he ought to have worn at the time in their persons there was a still more strongly marked distinction adam hartley was full middle size stout and well-limbed and an open english countenance of the genuine saxon mould showed itself among chestnut locks until the hairdresser destroyed them he loved the rough exercises of wrestling boxing leaping and quarter-staff and frequented when he could obtain leisure the bull-baitings and football matches by which the burg was sometimes enlivened richard on the contrary was dark like his father and mother with high features beautifully formed but exhibiting something of a foreign character and his person was tall and slim though muscular and active his address and manners must have been natural to him for they were in elegance and ease far beyond any example which he could have found in his native burg he learned the use of the small sword while in edinburgh and took lessons from a performer at the theatre with the purpose of refining his mode of speaking he became also an amateur of the drama regularly attending the playhouse and assuming the tone of a critic in that and other lighter departments of literature to fill up the contrast so far as taste was concerned richard was a dexterous and successful angler adam a bold and unerring shot their efforts to surpass each other in supplying dr gray's table rendered his housekeeping much preferable to what it had been on former occasions and besides small presents of fish and game are always agreeable amongst the inhabitants of a country town and contributed to increase the popularity of the young sportsmen while the burg was divided for lack of better subject of disputation concerning the comparative merits of dr gray's two apprentices he himself was sometimes chosen the referee but in this as on other matters the doctor was cautious he said the lads were both good lads and would be useful men in the profession if their heads were not carried with the notice which the foolish people of the burg took of them and the parties of pleasure that were so often taking them away from their business no doubt it was natural for him to feel more confidence in hartley who came of kenned folk and was very near as good as a born scotsman but if he did feel such a partiality he blamed himself for it since the stranger child so oddly cast upon his hands had peculiar good right 
to such patronage and affection as he had to bestow and truly the young man himself seemed so grateful that it was impossible for him to hint the slightest wish that dick middlemass did not hasten to execute there were persons in the burg of middlemass who were indiscreet enough to suppose that miss many must be a better judge than any other person of the comparative merits of these accomplished personages respecting which the public opinion was generally divided no one even of her greatest intimates ventured to put the question to her in precise terms but her conduct was narrowly observed and the critics remarked that to adam hartley her attentions were given more freely and frankly she laughed with him chatted with him and danced with him while to dick middlemass her conduct was more shy and distant the premises seemed certain but the public were divided in the conclusions which were to be drawn from them it was not possible for the young men to be the subject of such discussions without being sensible that they existed and thus contrasted together by the little society in which they moved they must have been made of better than ordinary clay if they had not themselves entered by degrees into the spirit of the controversy and considered themselves as rivals for public applause nor is it to be forgotten that many gray was by this time shot up into one of the prettiest young women not of middlemass only but of the whole county in which the little burg is situated this indeed had been settled by evidence which could not be esteemed short of decisive at the time of the races there were usually assembled in the burg some company of the higher classes from the country around and many of the sober burghers mended their incomes by letting their apartments or taking in lodgers of quality for the busy week all the rural thanes and thanesses attended on these occasions and such was the number of cocked hats and silken trains that the little town seemed for a time totally to have changed its inhabitants on this occasion persons of a certain quality only were permitted to attend upon the nightly balls which were given in the old town-house and the line of distinction excluded mr gray's family the aristocracy however used their privileges with some feelings of deference to the native bows and bells of the burg who were thus doomed to hear the fiddles nightly without being permitted to dance to them one evening in the race week termed the hunter's ball was dedicated to general amusement and liberated from the usual restrictions of etiquette on this occasion all the respectable families in the town were invited to share the amusement of the evening and to wonder at the finery and to be grateful for the condescension of their betters this was especially the case with the females for the number of invitations to the gentlemen of the town was much more limited now at this general muster 
the beauty of miss gray's face and person had placed her in the opinion of all competent judges decidedly at the head of all the bells present saving those with whom according to the ideas of the place it would hardly have been decent to compare her the laird of the ancient and distinguished house of lupenheit did not hesitate to engage her hand during the greater part of the evening and his mother renowned for her stern assertion of the distinctions of rank placed the little plebeian beside her at supper and was heard to say that the surgeon's daughter behaved very prettily indeed and seemed to know perfectly well where and what she was as for the young laird himself he capered so high and laughed so uproariously as to give rise to a rumour that he was minded to shoot madly from his fear and to convert the village doctor's daughter into a lady of his own ancient name during this memorable evening middlemass and hartley who had found room in the music-gallery witnessed the scene and as it would seem with very different feelings hartley was evidently annoyed by the excess of attention which the gallant laird of lupenheit stimulated by the influence of a couple of bottles of claret and by the presence of a partner who danced remarkably well paid to miss many gray he saw from his lofty stand all the dumb show of gallantry with the comfortable feelings of a famishing creature looking upon a feast which he is not permitted to share and regarded every extraordinary frisk of the jovial laird as the same might have looked upon by a gouty person who apprehended that the dignitary was about to descend on his toes at length unable to restrain his emotion he left the gallery and returned no more far different was the demeanour of middlemass he seemed gratified and elevated by the attention which was generally paid to miss gray and by the admiration she excited on the valiant laird of lupenheit he looked with indescribable contempt and amused himself with pointing out to the burg dancing-master who acted pro tempora as one of the band the frolicsome bounds and pirouettes in which that worthy displayed a great deal more of vigour than of grace but ye shouldna laugh so loud master dick said the master of capers he hasna had the advantage of a real graceful teacher as ye have had and troth if he listed to take some lessons i think i could make some hand of his feet for he is a supple child and has a gallant instep of his own and sick a laced hat hasna been seen on the causeway of middlemass this many a day ye are standing laughing there dick middlemass i would have you be sure he does not cut you out with your bonny partner yonder he be middlemass was beginning a sentence which he could not have concluded with strict attention to propriety when the master of the band summoned mcfiddock to his post by the following ireful expostulation what are ye about sir 
mind your bow-hand how the devil do you think three fiddles is to keep down a bass if yeen of them stands gurning and gabbling as ye're doin play up sir dick middlemass thus reduced to silence continued from his lofty station like one of the gods of the epicureans to survey what passed below without the gaieties which he witnessed being able to excite more than a smile which seemed however rather to indicate a good-humoured contempt for what was passing than a benevolent sympathy with the pleasures of others End of chapter the third.